Welcome to The Square, your podcast from the Iowa League of Cities, bringing you current and important topics from the communities across the state to your city's square. With your host, Mickey Shields, Director of Membership Services at the Iowa League of Cities, and Bethany Crow, the League's Communication Coordinator. Our hosts bring you topics that matter to your town square. Hey, we're on the road again, Bethany. We sure are. Where are we at? We're in Colfax. You we should are. know. You drove us well, here. Yeah, I, I do know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was I for hope. the benefit of our listeners. Uh, how's your month going? Good. It, yeah. March. It's going quick. Yeah, it is going quick. I This is the twice annual reminder, biennial reminder of the daylight savings is a evil curse. <sighs> so I was reading parents. some articles that maybe we won't have to do this again. I don't really know how realistic it was, but I did a little happy dance on the inside. Oh yeah. Why is that? I hate daylight savings, yeah. both the spring and the fall. I feel right. like the spring is maybe slightly better than the fall, but yeah. It's awful. It's, it's a bad joke. For Can parents, city government do anything about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a home rule discussion in there somewhere. Right? Uh, yes. That, that would be interesting. Better steer clear of that. <laughs> <laughs> it is a legislative session right now. Uh, so we're just going <clears> to <throat> We're going to skip on. that? Okay, sorry. Yep, yep. Sorry. It didn't open that bag of worms. Uh, no, it has been quite the week, though. Uh, our kids have obviously no idea that the hours are later their bodies are telling them it's still not bedtime uh-huh <laughs> they want to stay up uh-huh. and then sleep in in the morning mm-hmm. of course my body is doing that yeah oh yeah absolutely <laughs> my body's doing the same thing right so anyway we are very happy to be in colfax mm-hmm. for this uh, podcast this month uh it's a great city just east of des moines a little bit um nice has kind of historic feel to the downtown mm-hmm. And uh, happy to be here. We're going to talk to Nancy Earls, the city clerk, and Wade Wagoner, city administrator, kind of give a look at the what it's like to be a city clerk and city administrator mm-hmm. in Iowa and what they look at every day, what they work on every week, mm-hmm. and just some of the fun, some of the challenges that come with that. But before we begin, as usual, we want to give a few updates on things happening at the league. And we just mentioned that it's the legislative session. Yes. So anyone out there that wants to stay up to date, what's what's going on at the Capitol, the issues that are important to cities, we encourage you to subscribe to Legislative Link, which is an email that goes out every Friday. Bethany has a little role to play with that. Yes, I send it out with the help of the legislative team. Mostly yeah. the legislative team sends it out. <laughs> oh, don't <say laughs> I just so push sure. send. Yeah, trying to <laughs> compile all the different things that come up yes, at the Capitol each month into a uh, concise email. It's pretty challenging. Especially this last week. It was funnel week this last week, so it was a big one. Right, right. Lots of things to cover. Yes. So, that, again, that's a really important uh, service to our membership uh, to keep you up to date on the things going on. And mm-hmm. especially now, as Bethany just mentioned, the funnel week was last week, which means basically any bills that have a chance for being adopted have to make it out of that funnel for the most part. Uh, yeah, with the exception of, you know, property tax and the budget. Anything with money, right. basically, can, <laughs> right. can be brought up at any point. Uh, but now is when the things start to get pretty serious mm-hmm. in, in the sense that um, now is the time when legislators really have to make some decisions. Mm-hmm. So one thing also that happens beyond the legislative link is our action calls that you may yes. start seeing some of those now that we're heading, <clears throat> I won't say toward the end of legislative session, but it's kind of the back half. Mm-hmm. What else we hope it? it's the best, <laughs> don't yeah. we? Our lobbyists, <laughs> uh, our government affairs, Might government affairs team. That. Absolutely, they definitely uh, hope it's the back half. <laughs> oh, so another thing to happen. Speaking of the Capitol, um, not legislative related, is our uh, we awarded our annual If I Were Mayor essay contest winners. It's a contest that we help coordinate at the league with seventh grade classes around the, mm-hmm. the state. 
And seventh grade students send in an essay basically describing what they would do if they were the mayor of their community. And uh, it's a great, great uh, uh, program every year. We get to see some very innovative and sometimes humorous essays that suggest (laughs) some different things for their community. Uh, But we did award five people a statewide winner uh, and then four regional winners from across the state. Uh, Some really exceptional students that um, got to meet the governor and lieutenant governor and take pictures and be awarded uh, their 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 essays and yeah. just a lot of fun. Yeah, and those essays are on our website, aren't they? That's right. Yeah, and we yeah. have pictures on Facebook, and mm-hmm. I guess we probably should thank uh, Snyder and Associates, yes, the sponsor every sponsor. year. Yeah, they mm-hmm. put, help put that together, and the, the winners do get scholarship money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's not just uh, getting the chance to come to the Capitol and hang out right. with us and the, and the governor and lieutenant governor. You also get uh, so it's a little bit of scholarship money. Right. So it's a really lot, a lot of fun for us, a lot of fun for our board who helps score the essays. And it's a nice way to connect with the youth in their communities. Right. And hopefully do a little local government education. Right. We could always use well. a little bit more of that. Yeah. <laughs> a few other things that are happening or are going to be happening soon. Our nuisance abatement conference will be May 16th or mm-hmm. 15th. In Registration's Corvo. almost open for that, It'll I'm be guessing. Open, yeah, that's right. Here probably in the first week of April, the Subs- same yeah. with our small city workshops. Yep, subscribe to Legislative Link, or just subscribe to League Weekly, right, to get updates on that because the nuisance abatement conference sold out quick last year. Yes, we have limited space for that event, and so we have to uh, be careful to not exceed that. Mm-hmm. And with the nuisance abatement being a pretty popular topic, of course, uh, for cities, that one will sell out quickly. So keep an eye on the uh, League Weekly. Yep. comes out every Tuesday as an e-newsletter. It's uh, your best have, chance for getting that in, is, folks. Yeah, that's, uh, there's been a few people have already called asking to be put on a list, <laughs> and I say, sure. I'll, when the day opens up, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll, get, the, you'll get the email. Yep. You're going to get an onslaught of people asking. <laughs> asking <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. That. That's okay. That's well, what we're here for. Uh, the small city workshops, we're going to yeah. get that same story. We'll, uh, early April registration mm-hmm. open for that this year. The topic for those workshops will be housing, how small cities can address their housing needs. Another really important topic. Absolutely. And then also in June, uh, the 14th, we'll do our annual golf and bags tournament. That registration also opens in April. Yep, yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind big of a, the big swing. Yeah, mm-hmm. we move out from uh, the winter doldrums and legislative session starts mm-hmm. to come to a close and then we can move into some of our You really are doing this legislative <laughs> session, Mickey. I know. Robert and Daniel, our government affairs team, <laughs> are going to really have a word to... Yeah, they're going to have a word, word with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh... But that is our uh, annual event, fundraising event um, that goes towards a, a city official education. And mm-hmm. this year we're adding a bags tournament. So if you don't like golf, you're more than welcome to come play bags. We'll probably have a couple league teams if you want to okay. take on some league staff members and IMWCA folks. I think this bags is a great thing. I mean, no experience necessary, really. Anyone no. can have fun with that and, you and join the party. Yeah. Throw a bag at a, event. at a box that has a hole in it. Yep. Sounds, <laughs> you can do it. Anyone sounds can great. Do it. All right. <laughs> uh, so uh, again, everything will be on our website here in the next few weeks. So stay tuned and uh, sign up. We'd yeah. love to see you there. Um, another thing that's a little bit further off is our yeah. annual conference. Yes, registration does not open in April for that. <laughs> it actually opens in June. We do try to space these things out yes. a little bit. Yes, yeah, so save the date for uh, registering in June for that. But the event's actually September uh, 25th through the 27th, and this year it will be in Dubuque, which right. is a beautiful uh, location right on the river. And yeah. we have a lot of fun things planned already, including yeah. a kayak mobile tour. That's right. So, 
something to get excited about. A lot about. of cool things to do in Dubuque, a lot of cool uh, educational components to mm-hmm. go out and see the city. We're also just about wrapped up with our edu- uh, workshop schedule. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, as usual, have a whole bunch of different workshops for elected officials, city staff members, covering pretty much everything under mm-hmm. the sun. Yep. And then also a lot of great networking, yep. uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of fun talking to your fellow city officials and ourselves if you want to. Yeah, we'll, we'll be, be there. there too. <laughs> Along with that, uh, at the annual conference, we do some awards, Mm -hmm. uh, Hall of Fame folks, uh, and our all-star communities, which Mm -hmm. is a really, really big deal for us, our membership. We uh, name three cities each year, typically. Yep, three cities in three different population categories, so 3,000 and under, 3,000 to 10,000 and greater than 10,000. So you don't have the tiny communities competing against the large communities in that first, first round. Right. And the, this deadline for the um, putting it's in coming a, up. It's April fifth. April fifth. It's a really easy application. So if you're thinking about filling it out, just do it. The All Star Community Awards are for projects completed in the 2018 calendar year. So we know you all have done something. Then just apply. Like I said, it's a pretty easy application. You send in a photo, um, and. In addition to the awards, the league also uses these for story ideas and to just learn more about what's going on around the state. So right. it's a good program. And that is all on our website as well. It's we put it weekly website. on occasion. Yep. So that the, yeah, the deadline is approaching. We definitely want you uh, to share your great mm-hmm. projects. It's really important uh, to spread the good word, mm-hmm. let others know what maybe they could do in their own community and also yeah. get some a little bit of uh, a pat on the back yeah. for that great work. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think we're going to take a break here. And then uh, our first interview today or this month will be Nancy Earls, a city clerk from Colfax. We're back with Nancy Earls, city clerk in Colfax. Thanks for joining us, Nancy. Hi, Bethany. Hi, Mickey. Welcome to Colfax. Thanks. So, to get started, um, can you just give us a little background? How did you get into city government and land here in Colfax? Well, it's actually kind of funny. I was in banking. I was a loan administrator for a number of years, and I had to work Saturdays. (laughs) And I was sitting... And on Saturdays, I'm going to jump a little bit, I did teller work. So I'm sitting there, no customers in the bank, and I was knew I was missing some of my kids' activities. I don't know if it was a basketball game or what, but I thought, I don't want to keep doing this. I'm going to be working Saturdays for the rest of my life. I just don't want to do this. So I opened the paper And lo and behold, there's an ad for a city clerk in a neighboring town. That sounds easy, you thought to yourself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I thought, I meant the qualifications. Yeah, I've got a strong accounting Mm -hmm. background. You know, I like customer service. I could do this. So I applied. And I didn't do a whole lot of research. (laughs) It's a neighboring town. I know what they've got there. I know what goes on. So... They invited me for an interview, and I walk into my interview. I'm expecting a one-on-one interview, and here sets seven people to interview me. (laughs) Knowing nothing about government, I got my first lesson on what a closed session was. I still really didn't know, but I proceeded, and out of the applicants, they chose me. And they gave me 24 hours to make my decision whether I wanted to do this job. 
So I went back and decided I really don't want to work Saturdays. So I sat at the bank, and one of the people that interviewed me, I happened to know quite well, and he called me and said, no, Nancy, we really can give you a little extra time if you want to think about this. And we had the discussion, and we went back and forth for a while, and pretty soon I said, well, would you have your wife do this job? I would never let my wife be a city clerk. That was your first clue. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And 26 years later, here I am. I'm still (laughs) being it. So I went to the office, showed up the first day I had to give a week's notice because the old city clerk was leaving, and I trained with her for three days. And that was mainly on software. My start date was December 28th, middle of budget season. So I jump in, and I'm learning to do a budget. But I had an absolutely amazing mayor and city administrator. Uh, Erlene Viverka was the mayor at that time in Prairie City, and she went on to become president of the League of Cities at one time. And Gerald Williams was a city administrator, and he was fantastic. And they were so patient, and they did a lot of training and sent me to all the classes they, I could. And, again, here I am. Sounds like it turned out all right. It did. I'm happy. I, I'm really glad I made this choice. Are you still not working Saturdays? Uh, on occasion, I've been known to show up here. <laughs> and a Sunday, too, or a few evenings at mm-hmm. 10 or 11 o'clock, I've been at my desk. But I can do it around my kids' schedule, pretty much. Yeah, or now your grandkids' schedule, right? Yeah, my grandkids now. So what does that typical day or week look like for you as a city clerk? There really is no typical um, <laughs> Every day is different. Uh, This week, I've had a council meeting. I've paid bills. I've did payroll. I filed the cemetery annual report. I filed my budget with the county and with the state. Um, I'm working on a rental inspection program, getting the documents ready for the meeting next week with the landlords. And Every city's different. Every day is different. You never know what's going to greet you as you walk in the door. Yesterday morning, I walked in the door and our server's down. So that started our day on a really good note. But um, again, every city is different. I know the city of Des Moines holds traffic court uh, for parking tickets. I'm never going to have to deal with something like that in a small town. i We'll go up to the cemetery and walk around people uh, to find lots that they might want to buy. I will go to the parks and um, maybe pick up garbage if it needs to be. So every day is different and every town's different. Cool. Well, what do you find as maybe the most challenging part of, of that everyday being different? Every day being different, um, I don't know if it's a challenge. You you just need to keep up on everything, and that's where uh, the classes through IMFOA and the league provides the training. Those are the important things, to have the background and then to know who to call. I have a core group of city clerks that I trust their answer. If they don't know the answer, they're going to tell me that. And they can send me to where I need to go. To find the answer. So that's the most important is the training and having mentors to work with. Cool. 
How about the flip side of that? What has been the most rewarding part for you? Probably the most rewarding would be the citizens. Uh, they can be the most difficult also, <laughs> but um, just when you know you've helped someone or you've helped them accomplish getting their home built or their street, the pothole filled that's really annoyed them, mm-hmm. you know, and you know that you were behind it, you, you know, got it to the right uh, department to help them out, so... That's a, a true public servant? True public servant. Uh, this last summer, I have to admit, I did get a complaint about trash that the uh, street crew, not the city street crew, left in their yard. And I was over picking that up about 7 o'clock one night uh, and covered with ants. And uh, one of the neighbors happened to come out and offered a garbage sack to me. And, and I said, because... I really don't want to put this in my car. <laughs> that was so nice of It them. was. And, you know, I did give him the Casey's coupons off of it so he could <laughs> get the free pizza. Important so, things. Right, right. And this is going on as the citizens yelling out the door, this isn't your job. This isn't your job. <laughs> well, maybe it is. Well, one of the reasons that we're here talking with you today is that May, the first week in May, is Municipal Kirk Week, um, International Municipal Kirk Week. And so in the April edition of Cityscape Magazine, we're going to be talking about what a day in the life of a city clerk looks like. And one of the questions um, that we're asking of city clerks is what is the most rewarding, unusual, funny thing that has happened in your in your um experience oh, as a city clerk? Gosh, I could talk about a lot of different ones. Um, that happened to me. I did manage to lock myself in the police department one time. Um, I was the only one in City Hall, and the doorknob came apart, and I'm stuck on the inside. I can't get out. I had to call dispatch to send the police to City Hall to get me unlocked. That was really kind of one fun. Do you feel like they were a little slow or did they uh, respond rather they quickly? They laughed and they said they weren't going to put it over the radio, that they would just <laughs> call in directly. That was really nice. Right, right. But the funny thing is I'm standing there panicking, thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to get out of this? Well, there's a phone on the desk. You pick it up and you call somebody. You know? <laughs> so... That was one of them. Um, Another one that was really rather interesting is we had a gentleman uh, from out of state come to the city hall, and he wanted to turn himself in for murder. Oh. And we were rather panicked at the time, and the police chief was uh, at a chief's meeting in another city. So we set him in a room and proceeded to call the chief, get back here quick. Well, he would, you know, very quickly. Well, the gentleman came in and told us how hungry he was. So my deputy clerk brought her lunch out and gave him her lunch and gave him water. (laughs) And he was quite anxious and pacing. And 
So we had the public works come up. Um, we asked them to come up to City Hall, and they explained to us they would be there shortly. They had to make a delivery. And I explained to them that it was no now. <laughs> well, they know they don't get anything like that from me. It's, you know, I'm usually pretty easygoing, and we'll see you a little bit. But when they got the answer of now, they realized. So we blocked in his car with a skid loader and a backhoe <laughs> so he couldn't leave. Um, there's, there's a lot more to the story, but those were kind of the highlights of it. <laughs> oh, wow. It was interesting. Yeah. So that is interesting. I, off air, I'd love to know how that story ends. I'll tell you some more details <laughs> then. <laughs> some of these aren't ready for the, our podcast here. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Nancy. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you. It was nice to have you and welcome to Colfax. Thank you. Stop thank through you. again sometime. Oh, we will. We'll take a quick break for our, our Your Questions Answered segment. We're back with the Your Questions Answered segment. And as a reminder, you can always email us questions at the square at iowaleague.org. Uh, this month's question for Mickey is, who can serve on the city council? Well, that is a great one, and somebody must be thinking of elections. This it happens to be a city election year, so it's not too surprising. We're gonna we're gonna get a bunch of questions like that as the uh, year unfolds. So the first thing is first, you have to be a resident of your city to serve on the city council. Uh, so that uh, pertains to your candidacy, but uh, really is, it takes effect when you begin your term. Mm-hmm. So technically speaking, I think you could live outside of your town, but then move to town in time for your term to begin if that's the case. But the other thing that's probably more important for our current elected officials is you must continue to be a resident of your city uh, to maintain your eligibility for office. The other thing that comes up here um, is if somebody moves or if there's somebody that maybe is building a home and they have to uh, temporarily stay outside of town, that kind of comes up from time to time. Uh, that's up to your city. The the state code does not go so far as to talk about that. If you're kind of needing to stay for a week or two or a month, even outside of town. Um, what if you're like a snowbird? And then there's also that. That's a great one because there are people that have multiple residences, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even in Iowa. They have uh, a cabin somewhere outside of uh, their, their regular, regular residence. It's your choice as what you determine to be your permanent residence. So if you feel like, if you say you're a snowbird, you do have a home in Iowa, and you want to serve on a city council, you certainly can, and you may spend uh, a couple months in the winter down south somewhere, the part to that is you're going to have to make arrangements to still serve and join your city council meeting, perhaps via a conference call or something like that, which can be done, but it does raise a question on your, uh, your eligibility. Uh, but if you have two homes, you can declare which one is your permanent residence. The other part, too, we have to cover quickly is some cities have wards systems where you have a, 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 a geographical ward in your community where you've uh, drawn some lines. So mm-hmm. if you have a, a, a two or three or four or five council seats that are from wards, you have to be a resident of that ward to be eligible to serve from that district. So that's another part for some of our communities that have wards. There's no age requirement, no, you know, 24 or 34 or... 18, you have to be an eligible voter is actually the requirement. You don't, that doesn't mean you have to um, have a... Uh, you haven't filed to be a voter, right? You've done voter registration. So you can serve on the council but not be a registered voter? That's correct. Okay. You just have to be eligible to vote. That's okay. the only thing that really makes you eligible in addition to being a resident 
of the community. All right. Yeah. So it's fairly straightforward, but because of those little quirks with maybe somebody having multiple residences or having to live outside of town for a short time, Mm -hmm. uh, it gets a little bit more complicated than you would think. Uh, But again, as we get closer to the regular city election in November, we'll certainly have more questions about this and, uh, you know, hopefully get a lot of good, interested people running for council. It's a great way to serve your community. Uh, And here at the league, we would love to help you out when you become a council member and get you started on the right foot. Yes. And we do have a city candidates guide, right? So if you are considering being a council member, we have some resources available. Yes. Bethany, there, right? you are sharp. That is good. I didn't know. I wasn't going to bring that up. So yes. Shame on you. I no, know. I didn't even think about it. This is doing <laughs> my job for me. Thank you. Uh, yes, we do put together a candidates guide every uh, municipal election year. So this year typically goes out in June. So it's a nice little uh, pamphlet that kind of talks about what makes somebody eligible for office, some of the other election laws you need to know, but then it also gives a nice rundown of kind of a city government 101 on what it's going to be like to serve on your city council. So it's a nice thing. Again, it goes out in June. We'll send copies to each city. We also send them to county auditors because sometimes people go straight to their county auditor for election guidance, Mm -hmm. which is great. Uh, So those folks will have them as well. And on our website, uh, for anybody who wants to check it out online. Perfect. Anything else? I don't think so. I mean, I'm just, you know, elections are great. But if you talk to uh, certain folks, they're also kind of, uh, they can be a nervous time for cities because you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> so one of our, part of our guidance uh, when it comes to elections is uh, have plans in place mm-hmm. uh, and make sure that everybody's aware of those plans, including prospective candidates, bring them into city council meetings, bring them into planning meetings, invite the public to them, and especially prospective candidates, somebody who's filed for office, because if they do win their seat, they hopefully can be up to speed as, as quick as possible so they can be an effective council member. Right. Elections happen right in the middle of budget season. That's so right. it's a high, high learning curve. That's right. Perfect. Well, thanks for your answer, yeah. Mickey. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back with our next interview with Colfax City Manager Wade Wagner. Okay, we're back with Wade Wagner, city administrator in Colfax. We got a few really difficult questions for you, Wade, talking about what it's like to be a city administrator and kind of get some of your background. So I want to start with that. So how did you get started in municipal government? Where did you grow up? All that fun stuff. Well, I grew up in Parkersburg, and uh, my mom always tells the story of, you know, when she thought that I kind of planted the city planning bug, which prior to being a city administrator, I was a city planner. But like I said, I grew up in Parkersburg, but my mom's parents were in Ackley. Mm-hmm. And at a very young age, um, I would always comment on how I loved Ackley's downtown. And I would go into great detail about, you know, the bulbouts, the trees, their little triangular park <laughs> in their downtown. And I guess at a young age, I showed a interest in placemaking and city planning. Yeah, you could kind of see that environment already. It's mm-hmm. pretty interesting. That's not your neck of the woods, right, Bethany? Yes, I'm from Alden. So, oh, so you're familiar with that. Yes, yeah. very familiar. It is yeah. a very cute downtown. It is. I have to agree. Yeah. Yeah. So tell our listeners what what's it what what's it like to be a city administrator? What do you do every day or what are you looking at every week, month, so on? Well, there there's an old saying that says, you know, those that can do and those that can't supervise. <laughs> and so there's, there's a lot of that. But, um, you know, in all seriousness, in a nutshell, um, y- your primary task is implementing the policy decisions of the city council. And luckily, I've got a very progressive council and a good, very sharp 
very uh, funny, dry sense of humor mayor, and I've, I enjoy all of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so their, their policy decisions are, are in line with, with um, my passions. And uh, so it's, it's fairly uh, easy to implement those, those policy decisions. Uh, probably the second biggest thing is you're charged with uh, enforcing the city ordinances. Mm-hmm. That, that is, that is the, the task that, that hits your desk. And then... Uh, Supervision, which I already mentioned, of, mm-hmm. of all the department heads. Right. So on any given day, different parts of the city may come to you as city administrator for decision making, parks, rec, uh, police, public works. I mean, there's different well, actually, projects the city's I'm, going on. I'm a city administrator, mm-hmm. and the way our city code is written, um, the police chief uh, reports directly to the mayor. So yeah. I don't... Uh, all the other things you mentioned, yes, but uh, no to the police. Um that's an important distinction to make because some, a lot of cities do have it set up that way. Right. Um, just traditionally, they've had the police chief and police department really report directly to the mayor and council, mm-hmm. whereas the city administrator basically manages the rest of the different services and programs and departments. There are some cities, mainly the larger ones, where the city manager does oversee the police chief, but it's much more common to be like it is here in Colfax. Yeah. Yep. The other, uh, we have a library, of course, mm-hmm. and... Uh, while it's city funded and the city sets their budget, they report directly to the library board. Right. And so I'm not uh, administering the library. Anyway. Right. So you still have an obligation and your council does to kind of oversee it, but the day-to-day management is really sent go. to the library board. Yeah, right. that's right. All right. So, well, that's interesting. You know, you're, you've mentioned um, you got a good council here and aligns with kind of your passions. Uh, what are your early impressions of the community? I love it. Man, there's. You guys also have a cute downtown. Yes, yeah. that was going to be the first thing I mentioned. So I mean, the the downtown is is fabulous. We've got Quarry Springs Park mm-hmm. uh, right of, off the interstate, which I think there's there's tremendous potential mm-hmm. to to develop there. Wonderful high school, three restaurants in town, um, golf course, frisbee golf course. Um, there's a lot of amenities, and uh, you know, one of the, the not to get too much down into the minutia, but uh, you know, I've read some things about commutes, and one of the things that, that always comes out in the ideal commute is about a 20-minute commute mm-hmm. is, is perfect. That's where people are about their happiest because, you know, we as humans in the morning kind of need a little time to ramp up, mm-hmm. and then we enjoy a little decompressed time sure. in the vehicle. And the other thing is, is the sun at your back. Uh, the ideal position is to live east of work. So um, really, Colfax is couldn't be a more perfect commute to to Des Moines. Um, it has the perfect distance, and it's geographically, you know, it's east of the metro, so it is ideally situated to be, you know, a perfect bedroom community. Wow, I, I did not even level. know that. <laughs> yeah, I knew the twenty minute thing. I didn't know the uh, sun to your back. Yeah, it's a, it's a big big deal. There's actually happiness studies that show people that live east of work are generally happier than those that live west of work. Wow. I gotta move then. I w- I'm west of work. <laughs> <laughs> I am slightly, I guess. Wow, the city planner in you is really yeah, revealing it's itself. Out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, Ryan, our producer. In IT extraordinaire, he is a big disc golf uh, guy. He's a great player and very active in the community. So he's going to be. I'm, I'm sure, sure he's happy out. you mentioned yeah. your disc golf course well, as an amenity. Well, uh, it's 18 holes, which is somewhat unique. And uh, one of the other things I've noticed about Colfax is the topography. I mean, it's uh, 
got a lot more hills yeah. um, than than a lot of Iowa, mm-hmm. especially central Iowa. And so this this Frisbee golf course um, really takes advantage of just some some beautiful vistas, topography. It's got a lot of nice mature trees, and uh, probably much more so than even our regular golf course. People come from a, a long ways away to to play our frisbee golf course. So, wow, cool. Yeah. that's cool. We gotta make a field trip out of this once the uh, weather gets a little bit better. <laughs> have, so, you pl- oh. have you played it, Ryan? Yeah. Yes, he has. We'll we'll speak for Ryan. He's off. Ryan says he played it twice. <laughs> he plays it twice a year. So oh, that's pretty that's cool. That's a good endorsement. Yeah. So last uh, question or two we have here is that's something. What would you tell a younger person or somebody that's uh, in college currently looking to get into uh, city management? Uh, what would you know? What would you tell them about what it's like joining a city government? What it's like to become a city administrator? I'd say don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Nancy that's said what Nancy about said being too. a city clerk. <laughs> that's yeah. yeah. She's been doing it for several decades. <laughs> I think, you know, from my previous answers, you, you can tell I kind of enjoy placemaking and the mm-hmm. built environment. And, you know, ultimately, those things, I think, enhance quality of life. And so when you and if you enjoy enhancing others quality of life, whether it's uh, through good street design, good park design, um, good subdivision design, uh, managing a city budget so that uh, you're fiscally responsible and have money to do and provide other amenities. Um, it's a it's a wonderful job. Um, if if you like people and you like making people's lives better, yeah. Um, so it's probably the the thing I enjoy most about it. And uh, if I were talking to a young person, I would say those are the the things that you need to enjoy. If you want to enjoy the job, because there's you know there's plenty of uh, squeaky wheels and, mm-hmm. and moments that that are less enjoyable, but I think if you have uh, that foundation of really enjoying people and helping people and building uh, a better community, it's uh, it's a wonderful career. Couldn't say it any better. Yeah, and that's, you made it sound awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and I think um, I mean Nancy had a similar comment mm-hmm. to talk, talking about a city clerk and the public service that. Uh, if you have that passion, this is a good job for you. It's a good, rewarding profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Colfax is in some good hands here. Uh, some people that are really some service-minded folks uh, leading things here. One thing, I can't let you go without talking about this. You know <laughs> I'm going to go. Yeah. So what, what would you tell? They're going off script here, folks. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're going way off script. You know it's going to get good. We, I've known Wade for a while. Um, what, would, what would you tell a city that needs to clean up a park, a, a creek bank in particular, what, would, what should they do? You're referring to the goats. <laughs> I sure You're am. the goats? <laughs> I'm the goat oh, guy. I lo- that was one of my favorite cityscape articles of all time. Yeah, yeah. so we, I was a city manager in Lake Park, a community yes. of about 1,100 people, and we had uh, a beautiful park right on the mm-hmm. lakeshore. But the lakeshore, um, you couldn't really see the lake because it was choked with, with weeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the problems was is it was about a one-to-one slope. It was about a 45-degree mm-hmm. angle slope. And so none of my guys wanted to go in there with chainsaws or weed whackers. Right, so. too dangerous, not very safe. So we hired a herd of goats, which I did fairly early on in, in my tenure there. And it, it was a pretty risky thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody had done it before. It was a little crazy but the fact that it worked out so well in large part thanks to you guys for writing that article those that that's one of the um, best cover photos we've had yeah, goats. absolutely but yeah. um <laughs> you know it 
because it went so well and we got a lot of good press, it kind of turned me into this uh, mad scientist guy. <laughs> and so it gave me a lot of latitude up there to, to do other, um, for lack of a better word, risky projects. Mm-hmm. And it, it gave me a lot of creative freedom. So, innovative projects. Yeah, innovative. Yeah. They, I thought they were. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes innovative, sometimes you fall on your face when you're doing some of that stuff. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know if I've ever thanked you enough, and I don't know oh. if you ever realize how much um, creative freedom that I was given as a result of that article. And, huh. uh, I really appreciate it. Well, for us, it's just basically showcasing the great work being done by our members. So it's, yeah. it's easy for us. And it, I think that it's fun. It was definitely a fun uh, article to write yeah. about and a fun project for you guys. But the other thing... For, for our membership is it shows that innovation. Right. And that at the local level, you can still do very innovative things to get the job done. Well, that that Aaron Steele with Goats on the Go, I mean, he's spun off and has done a lot of um, additional mm-hmm. municipal projects. And so, um, you know, targeted grazing is a, is a really good solution in, in a lot of situations. You don't use uh, chemicals. You don't right. use fossil fuels. Um the Safer. public loves it. They love yeah. it. I mean, kids love it. We had kids going out on field trips, right. checking it out. So it was, uh, in a lot of ways, it was a really yeah. fun project. Yeah. For sure. Well, Wade, thank you for your time. Thanks All for right. uh, hosting us today in, in Colfax. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. All right. Well, we'll take a short break here. We'll come back with our monthly interview of a league staff member. Can't imagine who that may be. Mm, Hints. He's in the room already. <laughs> That's right. Well, we're back with a very special get to know your league mm-hmm. interview with our new director of membership mm-hmm. services, Mickey Shields. It's the uh, most enjoyable thing in the world talking about yourself. So uh, I know it's about time. It's your turn. Episode. You put Ryan and I through this. So I know. I know. It's your turn. Your shot. Well, again, I feel like I have an advantage because I've already heard. I know seven or eight episodes worth of answers. I, so I, I agree. You probably mm-hmm. do. Yeah. So I, I better be really good, huh? <laughs> No pressure. <laughs> yeah. No pressure at all. Well, again, Mickey Shields is our director of membership services, <clears throat> recent promotion. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, but let's get started with a little bit of your background. Where did you grow up, go to school? We know some of these things because we know yeah. you're a big Hawkeye fan. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've dropped a couple of little nuggets across mm-hmm. the, the different podcasts, but uh, I grew up in Iowa City, went to City High School, the good one in that town. For all my Iowa City people out there. You all can't see that I'm rolling my eyes right now. (laughs) Oh, um, so that's where the Hawkeye love Mm -hmm. came from. Grew up going to a bunch of games. We had season tickets to pretty much everything and a lot of fun. Iowa City is a great, great community to grow up in. The university makes it a very special place. Uh, But despite how special that was, like most kids, I wanted to branch out a little bit. Went to University of Northern Iowa for undergrad. And then right after that, I got a job working for the city of Corville in the city manager's office and uh, never looked back. Here I am at the league. She came to the league in uh, 2008. It's shocking to say that because it's been over 10 years now mm-hmm. and I don't know where the time went. Somehow in that time, I managed to get married to a wonderful woman. I don't know what she was thinking to the day. Don't give her any <laughs> ideas. Uh, and uh, we're fortunate to have two children that are six and four. And that's also amazing that the time has moved that quickly. Yeah. Are you putting the uh, love for city government in them like you have in your blood? Did you You pass that along? I don't know. It's, you know, oh gosh, this is, 
Okay, so the league puts out a directory every year. Most yes. people know that, or every yeah, every, every other, other year, year, right sorry. after the after the um, election. Yeah. So my dad worked in uh, he worked at Inst- Institute of Public Affairs at UI, which is now closed, unfortunately. But uh, for many years, it uh, helped cities out doing strategic planning and goal setting. So he mm-hmm. he did a lot of that work, and he was worked with the league quite a bit, go to league mm-hmm. conference and so forth. Uh, I heard he was a great speaker, just like you. That's what people say. I mean, I, you know, as a I think son, he gave out I, candy, I saw different right? aspects. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was a creepy old man who gave out candy, which, <laughs> which his kids gave him endless amounts of, uh, you know, gr- grief for. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of what he was, bubble gum and candies. He okay. tossed it out uh, to people at, at workshops and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, so um, he would bring home the league directory and have that, and I would look at that at night and memorize cities and populations and yes are you for real i am for real yeah so that's a fun I don't fact i did not that. know about yeah, you yeah. and now you just told all of our yep, 200 the whole, listeners yep everybody knows that so <laughs> it would be not a um, secret anymore yep iowa football programs and iowa basketball programs i could tell you pretty much from the 80s and 90s so you'd memorize record, sports stats, right, sports and stats city and, stats yes yep so that is totally in your super blood super cool kid do you do that do you bring that home to your kids now yeah, I do. I like we try to do a read the program like from Iowa games. No, I mean the directory. Do you take oh, a directory, directory. home? Not yet. I'm trying to not, not influence yet. them not too yet. much. So there's we got to ease into this world. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for everybody. Um, so we do. I do talk about the mayor, what the mayor does, and the police chief, and the city manager. And that's good. And I'm going off to a workshop. I'll right. tell them like, you know, I'm going to talk to a bunch of city clerks today, and right. there's what they do every day. And so I think. Probably compared to your average four and six year old, they know a little bit more right. than about their city government. But you know, we'll see. Okay. Hopefully, they at least understand it. That's all I hope. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're not in the office and you're not memorizing city populations <clears> and sports <throat> oh stats, oh gosh, I can't believe I shared that. What, <laughs> oh yeah, you're not gonna live that down. Everyone in the office oh, is gonna yeah. hear this. Um, yes. But when you're not doing those things, where can you be found? Well, like you and pretty much anyone with children, that's a lot of mm-hmm. our uh, time is spent. So I do some coaching, soccer and baseball. Uh, the Hawkeyes take mm-hmm. up a big chunk of time. And right now, it's, you know, it's like any diehard fan. It's it's kind of a love-hate relationship. Mm-hmm. And with the Hawkeyes basketball season going the way it's going, uh, you know, it's been rough. And, a little more hate than love uh-huh, right now. Yep, yep, okay, no, well, we can stress. move on if that's, but, a, but if that's time, a sensitive topic. <laughs> But we'll see. It's March. You know, March Madness is about to begin. We think they're going to mm-hmm. make the NCAAs. Maybe they'll turn things around. But uh, hanging out with friends, you know, just yep. playing some golf or whatever. Just having fun. Cool. So what is the best career advice you've ever received? Now, this one I gave a lot of thought to. Because it's one of those things where, like, I've had so much that I don't know mm-hmm. if I could pinpoint one thing. So what I'm going to do is talk about... So I mentioned I grew up in Iowa City. Mm-hmm. And anybody who lives there, been there, you probably know it's a Chicago Cubs town. It's a any bar you go into, Chicago Cubs stuff all over the walls. I was Mickey is not I, a um, Chicago Cubs fan though. <laughs> so my dad and his dad were big White Sox fans, and they made me a White Sox fan, and I'm happy to be one to this day. So our, we are all White Sox growing up. I was the one kid. How is this career advice? Where <laughs> well, are I'm we getting going? There, I'm getting there. <laughs> um, 
so I was the the uh, the one uh, White Sox fan around and had to kind of deal with mm-hmm. the Cubs forever. Mm-hmm. So this is for all my Cubs fans out there because there's this guy named Hawk Harrelson. He was a broadcaster for White mm-hmm. Sox all of my childhood and just retired here, I think, a year ago. Mm-hmm. And so for White Sox fans, he's kind of like your grandfather that you love, even though he's kind of crazy. For Cubs fans who don't like the White Sox to begin with, he was a not beloved figure mm-hmm. because he's crazy and very homerish. He's very White Sox centric in all his broadcasts. But despite all that, he did have to impart some wisdom along the way. Had a lot of catch sayings, like catchphrases and sayings. But one that stood out to me, still does, is he would always talk about, especially like guys hitting, and he'd walk up to the plate and he'd say, "Whether you think you can or you think you can't." You're right either way. Okay. And that's always stood out to me as something that's just, and he was talking about baseball, of course, but it really applies to mm-hmm, anything sure. in life. And that while it's, it's sometimes difficult to just come up with confidence on your own, right. but if you do find a way to be confident about getting something done, you're, you're going to be in a much better position to do that. Well, great advice mm-hmm. in baseball I had and to life. spin in. I had to. Just for all, we covered the in, Hawkeyes. We covered yeah. baseball. Any other sports event, you'd like my, to chat uh, about yeah, today? Oh gosh, we could go on and on for hours. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, but hopefully, well, I'll, I'll make sure all my Cubs buddies are aware of this, just so they can, you know, roll their eyes as they always have to when I talk about the White Sox and especially, especially Hawk Harrelson. If it gets our listeners up, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, before we end this interview, uh, let's talk a little bit about the league. What's something that you enjoy about working with the league in the cities of Iowa? Yeah, it's there's so much to say. I think the the biggest one, as we talked earlier with Wade and Nancy, just the service, mm-hmm. and that this was definitely my calling. I feel like public service is in my blood, and this is a way to to do that um, to help cities out. Mm-hmm. Um, I started out working for a city. And being able, as Wade and Nancy talked about, just being able to see that work help somebody in some way improve their life is very rewarding. And at the league, we get to do that across the entire state, Um, big cities, small cities, everyone in between. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's it's that part has always been very uh, rewarding. And I think the other thing is just getting to know people from all across the state. I never would have had that chance working for one city, for example, or in one job. Right. And this job of, you know, that you get to meet so many wonderful people, public servants mm-hmm. that uh, really uh, are impressive people. So that's that's what the league's all about. Here, here. Well, thank you, Mickey, for uh, stepping up to the mic and being our interview right. for, yeah. for this week. Should we move on I to the trivia? Now are can, you OK? Yeah, and move yeah. on to the trivia. No more sports we need to edit. cover. We got to edit out that uh the, the White Sox and well, Cubs part? Well, I was thinking the directory thing was little no, Mickey. that's staying. Put himself to that's sleep. That's <laughs> <laughs> Really? You read it before bed? Oh, yeah. Like yeah, as a bedtime that's when, story? That's when I would read the, the football and basketball programs and memorize okay. all the Hawkeye records. At and what would, age would you say this was like a thing for you? I distinctly like remember 20, like first 27, grade. 27, 28? First grade. Okay. Yeah, and then just pretty much from, from there, there on. From there on? Just, yeah. As soon as you could read. Just filling my brain with stuff stats i don't know why so like what was the population of iowa city in oh my god the 80s like fifty-seven thousand stands out <laughs> i'm gonna look this up now <laughs> what was their 1980 census number <laughs> trivia question for I the know. future right yeah yeah well mm-hmm. on to the trivia question for uh for this month 
Uh, last one's trivia question was... What is the smallest community in the United States to be granted a Carnegie Library? So and it was we're going to give you a hint. It's in Iowa. It's in Iowa. <laughs> it is in Iowa. And the answer is Alden. I grew up knowing the answer to this question, actually, because that is my hometown. Um, that is a library you would... Yes, yes. I went to story time there, checked out many books there, voted there. So in the 1900s, when when the grant was received, the population of Alden was uh, 699. In the last 2010 2010 census, it was 787. Mm -hmm. So it's grown since the 1900s. Um, But that library is still a library today, and it's listed on the National Register of Historic Places, has been since the 80s. And just a little fun fact, Iowa has 101 public libraries that were built using, is it Carnegie or Carnegie? Are we going to... I don't even want to Okay, try. so either one of those mm-hmm. um, using their great money, and only about half are still libraries. So wow. little What's extra the, facts for your trivia question. And while we're on Alden... Yes. What is the slogan for that community? It is best town by a dam site. Dam like water flowing, you know, through yeah. a river. So we don't need yes. an explicit label for this no. episode? Yep. Best town by a, a river dam site. Yes. Best One of my favorite site. things in, in, in our state is the wonderful slogans that we have. We have some awesome ones. <laughs> yeah, there are some truly amazing ones. Yes. But I think we need to do an episode on that. That would be really I fun, know. actually. Yeah. Okay. Add that to the storyboard. Perfect. Well, Mickey, what's our next month's trivia question? So this one is in mind that it's now March and we think this winter is over. I'm not going to make any promises, my goodness. He'll jinx the legislative session, but he will not jinx (laughs) winter, winter, folks. He will not jinx spring. Uh, But spring will happen at some point and we will get to golf again at some point. So the question is, what is the oldest municipal golf course west of the Mississippi River? And I'm guessing the hint here is that it is also in Iowa. It is surely in Iowa, and it's actually really close to my home. So there you go, folks. There you go. Double hint there. Yep. Send in your answers, your questions, your comments to the square at iowaleague.org. Yes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn. Subscribe to Lee Weekly and Legislative Link. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. See you next time on The Square.